Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome once again to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast and these podcasts seem to be coming thick and fast and you know what I wouldn't have it any other way because it is the most wonderful time of the year it's transfer season and today I'm here to chat to you about another transfer or potential transfer it seems to be mooted an awful lot since last night and that is the transfer of Pape Matar Sar from FC Mets. So I'm going to talk to you a small bit about who this guy is. He's a very, very youthful footballer, really, really highly thought of in France, came through a great academy at the Generation um, for Generation Foot Academy in Senegal and went to ply his trade with FC Mets, who, to their credit, have, have produced some fabulous players over the course of uh, their time, I suppose, in existence, and even so over the course of the last few years. Just a few to to uh, to mention as well as Kubiali, uh, the defender that we know is is highly sought after at the, mor- at the moment, um, Miriam Pjanic, uh, Ismail Assar, who Aston Villa were linked with, uh, that plays with Watford at the moment. Even, you know, going back to the likes of Adebayor, Perez, Ribéry, Saha, you know, you could go on and on and on. There is, uh, there is quite a lot of players who've come out of the FC Mets Academy. Sadio Mane is somebody else who's come out of that academy too. Um, so he has had a very, very good schooling and has broken in recently to the FC Mets team at the age of 18. But who is Pape Matarsar? Well, let's take a little look. I have, um, I, I've, I, I don't know a ton about him. Um, once again, I've been off work today, so I've had time to look at one or two scraps that I can get of him. The French football isn't the easiest to get hold of, hold of tape on. I don't have any still shots to show you today, but um, as I say, it's not the easiest to get uh, to get a hold of. But I, um, 
I have been able to look at him and see uh, one or two things. But let me share. Uh, let me share my screen with you, and you should be able to see that there now. So, uh, so he's Pape Matasari, Senegalese-born um, player. As I say, he did come through the Generation Foot Academy uh, in Senegal. Uh, his position at the moment would be defensive midfielder, central midfielder. It's a really interesting discussion on him as to where he would play. Um, or where he will play when he's older. I have seen a lot of people refer to him as a Paul Pogba type uh, player. Um, obviously, they want to go throwing around bits and pieces like that because uh, he's only 18 years of age. But uh, when he plays at his age group, as in for Senegal underage, or when he played you know, in the FC Mets Academy, it's, and, and even with Generation Foot, um, he seemed to play as a more advanced, advanced midfielder picking up a lot of balls at the edge of the area, uh, scored some cracking free kicks that you can see online, has scored some penalties in his time. So he's very, very good with his feet. And we will get onto that in a moment based upon his stats and what I've seen too. His uh, range is anywhere from five foot 10 to six, six and a half inches. Um, I think six and a half inches is probably more correct from what I've seen of him on the field. He seems a bit more, a bit taller than five ten. He's predominantly right-footed and based on his statistical output over the course of this year for FC Mets, not taking into account, um, not taking into account the opposition that he would have played against. Uh, he has a similar statistical output as Declan Rice, a big favourite of mine, Czech Decore, as any of you guys will know that I have uh, have waxed lyrically about Czech Decore. Uh, Fulham midfielder Mario Lamina, who was a very unsung hero in that Fulham team, even though they did uh, succumb to relegation this year. He was an unsung hero there uh, for, for that team, uh, beside Nguisa. And also Bakayoko of Chelsea's forgotten man who went on loan to AC Milan last year. He's been on loan to Monaco. He was on loan at, at Napoli, should I say, last year and played some really, really good stuff uh, in European football. So some of the similar players that he has st similar statistical output to um, are shown there on the screen. That's not like not to say that he's going to turn into one of these guys, but it is exciting. And I think if I was to pick who he is a bit, who he is most like based on based on seeing his his tape as a younger, younger player, and playing for Mets this year. I would probably say he's most like a Declan Rice type without getting my hopes up too much, if that makes sense. So looking at his heat map below, we can see he's predominantly, you know, he's all around that middle middle um, third of the field. Um, he's able to advance a small bit further forward. He's able to come back. You can see that he's not afraid to get around the field. Very industrious, not too dissimilar to a John McGinn heat map. Once again, you know, John McGinn's energy, effervescence, and uh, the way he gets around the field is very evident. This is not too dissimilar, but this is more heavily weighted in the defensive positions. And we can see that this is heavily more heavily weighted in the defensive left-hand side as well, which is really interesting statistically because, as we know, John McGinn, Dean Smith prefers to play John McGinn on the right-hand side in a in a more um box to box midfielder type situation. So this to me is really really interesting the way this is the 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 balance could be interpreted that Dean Smith might be looking for if Pape Matasar was to come and, and and join the team. So what was his output for last year? So his statistical output once again was he played 28 games with 18 starts. So his sample set is small. We're not getting carried away here but his sample set is small. Um, but for a small sample set, he had he was quite industrious and quite active in those games that he did play. He scored three goals last year, 
I've said he's a defensive midfielder, and you're saying you're going to look at me and say, well, he scored three goals last year. And yeah, he absolutely did. Imagine if we had a defensive midfielder or a central midfielder that could pop up with three, four, five goals. McGinn did it this year. Imagine if we had another one. It would be absolutely fantastic. 18 years of age. Who's to say he can't build upon this? He didn't have any assists, which, once again, as I say, if he's going to be a defensive uh, midfielder, it's not a massive thing for me. Five yellow cards over the course of last year and no red cards. Let's take a look at some of his uh, at some of his on-field play statistics, as I like to call them. So he had 85.6% um, per- completion rate, which is really good. And that, that came from an average of 52.4 attempted passes per 90 minutes. So that's quite a lot of passes that he would have attempted. 85.6% of those were um were did hit the target should i say you know so they did go to who they who they wanted who he wanted them to go to short passes 89.7 percent from 20.8 attempted per per 90 minutes once again you know that's a big number and you would expect a nice little continuity player in the middle of midfield uh, somebody who wins the ball lays it off to be able to play those passes and 89.7 percent is a really really good number medium passes once again medium passes into the 15 yard uh 15 15 yard range that's what we're going to be looking at here that's 90.4 from 20.5 attempted attempts over 90 minutes so when you're looking at this he played as many short and medium as he did medium passes through the course of 90 minutes and he was actually you know it didn't really matter that his his um his completion percentage wasn't affected by that his long passing percentage was it was 75.8 percent and that was uh from 9.3 attempts per 90 minutes as well which is uh you know great to see and to just put those numbers in comparison and i know i don't have the attempts per 90 but if we were to look at somebody like emmy buendia and I don't have his total attempts as well. Emid Buendia would have averaged um would have averaged 86% on short passes, 80% on medium passes, and 51% on long passes. Now, obviously, sample sets are going to be higher for Emi Buendia. I'm not saying that Pape Matasar is going to be this all-encompassing wizard of a midfielder. He could very well be. I don't know because the sample set is small. And if you were to put a gun to my head, I would say that Emi Buendia has played more passes per 90 minutes than Pape Matasar. What I'm really, really, really intrigued by is his defensive output. And I'm going to pretty much be pretty stereotypical here. And I'm going to put some of his numbers up against N'Golo Kante. Why not? If we want to be the best, we gotta we got to aspire to be the best. So I'm going to put some of his numbers up against, against N'Golo Kante. And the first one here, tackles per 90s. How tackles uh, in 90-minute period. Um... Papa Matasar had 2.77 tackles per 90 minutes. Uh, compared to N'Golo Kante, who had 3.14 tackles per 90 minutes. Bit of a disparity there. You know, 0.3 tackles per 90 minutes. It averages out as quite a lot over the course of the year. Once again, sample set adjusted. And also the fact that Papa Matasar at times played mid- central midfield and defensive midfielder. 
Um, Papa Metasaro's dribble pass 5.2, uh, 1.52 times per 90 minutes. That's something that he would need to improve on, but still saying that he still is in the top 70 percentile uh, in all of Europe's top five leagues for that number. So it's uh, it's not a concern, but if he wants to get to be the best, he's going to have to come up with a number like Ingolo Kante, who came in at 1.09 dribbles past per 90 minutes. So there's a bit of a disparity there, but saying that he is still in the higher echelon of midfielders in Europe's top five leagues over the last season as well. So Papi Matersar had 19.99 pressures per 90 minutes, which was, which was from memory, I think that was in the top 86 or 88 percent percentile of all midfielders in Europe's top five leagues and compares favorably when you look at N'Golo Kante's 19.16 pressures per 90 minutes. So we're talking there's almost one pressure per minute, uh, per 90 minutes uh, that Papa Matosar had over N'Golo Kante. Once again, these are not all encompassing. This is just fact and stat that I'm just, I'm spitballing here as well. And um, his pressure success rate was 33.1%. And how does that compare to N'Golo Kante? Well, N'Golo Kante had 34.3% pressure success rate. So it's still within the ballpark there of N'Golo Kante. And this is uh, one that I was really, really, I think is really, really important and is something that I think Dean Smith will value very, very much so. Pepe Matasar had 2.31 interceptions per, per 90 minutes and N'Golo Kante had 2.35 interceptions per 90 minutes, putting both of them in the top 98 percentile of European uh, central midfielders in Europe's top five leagues. That is phenomenal. Something like that, having an interception rate like that is really good. We know that Dean Smith wants us to intercept the ball. That's why he unleashed John McGinn, let him run around the field. Didn't work as much this year as it has in other years. That's why he likes to um, go that marvelous the combat come in there and patrol in around the midfield he intercepts the ball he gets his foot in there he doesn't dive in same with douglas louise tries to intercept the ball it's something i think that dean smith uh, favors and really looks out for in his midfielders and having somebody there who can who can uh, formulate interceptions at the pace same pace over the last year as ningolo Kante, to me is quite quite you know, that's quite exciting should this guy come in here. And I'm not going to look, I'm completely understand when you look and you take into account strength of opposition. You know, N'Golo Kante playing in the Premier League, playing in the Champions League, play, or, um, playing playing it at the top level of football. Um, French Ligue 1 is quite a decent league, but as we say, it's not going to, um, it's not going to knock, knock uh, snow off a rope when it comes towards the, uh, the the Premier League and, and the upper echelons of Premier League and especially um, the Champions League as well. Now, here are some interesting miscellaneous stats that I picked out because a lot of people have talked about N'Golo Kante recently and they've said that, you know, he's brought a lot more onto his game. He was man a match in the Champions League final and that's why I'm talking about N'Golo Kante here, but he was man a match in the Champions League final. He's brought a bit more uh, attacking and central, all around central midfield, box to box play to his game. So I wanted to look at some carries because that's something that people had mentioned about N'Golo Kante. And N'Go uh, Pape Matasar. Uh, he stacks up brilliantly in, in comparison to, to N'Golo Kante, um, whereby 
Pape Matasara has 47.99 carries per 90 minutes and Golo Kante has 47.50. So once again, coming at the same, at the same, the same level. And the progressive carry distance, Pape Matasar has 172.72 um meters per carried per 90 minutes, whereas N'Golo Kante has 124.75. So we can see that he's been able to progress the ball forward via his carries uh, a small bit more. Now, once again, as I say, this is stat cherry picking a small bit, but it's just an interesting piece to, to, to look at in comparison with this young man's development at FC Mets. Should he come into the league, we need to try and find somebody that he would aspire to be or that we would like him to grow into. And who better than N'Golo Kante? somebody that we're looking at potentially being named uh, Golden Boot or the um, getting the Ballon d'Or this year. So why not strive to be the best and why not put him up with the num- with those numbers against the best, especially within the defensive realms and the carry realms uh, when we are looking at some statistical analysis for um, Pape Matasar. Um. So, yeah, as I said, like, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Aston Villa here and this this transfer. It seems to be gathering a bit of pace. As I mentioned, Birmingham Mail have said that Aston Villa have started talks with Mets over a potential signing. Uh, Joris Carbois of RMC Sports says the clubs have already started sp- the pursuit of the talented teenager who is also on the radar of AC Milan, Everton, Manchester United. Um, uh Colbois has mentioned that Matt Milan have been following him since February, but Villa are the only club to have started talks. Uh, this would be a pretty big signing. Money-wise, I don't know. We've seen 27 million bandied around the place. We've seen uh, in the 20s, should I say, anywhere from 22 to 25 to 27 bandied around the place. I don't know. I don't know what he would cost. Frankly, I don't care what he would cost. If this... If this um, regime feel that he is the man to take us forward well then he gets the thumbs up from me because they haven't put a wrong step yet and i think getting in a midfielder like this um an all-action midfielder predominantly defensive midfielder i think will be quite good and will suit dean smith's system and especially if as I think we are going to do, we are going to revert to a 4-3-3, playing Buendia and Jack Grealish as the the withdrawn wide forwards as opposed to, um, and not having a number 10 like we did previously. It could be something that we might see over the course of the next year. Uh, What it would allow us to do is be less passive in midfield. We wouldn't get overrun in midfield. I don't think Dean Smith wants to do, um, wants us to invite the pressure onto our penalty area anymore, considering that when we play against the big teams when we do that they dribble into the box and you know we end up getting the d- decisions against us with regards to penalties i think the best way to do that is to create your block a small bit higher and uh, the best way to do that is so that you don't have to file back a number 10 that you can play two weights at times obviously against the bigger teams you can play two weights there create your high block and have douglas louise there to mop up or create your mid block should i say have douglas louise to mop up in behind and still protect my favourite area on the field, the D in front of our own goals. So I think that might be something that we might see with uh, with, with this in mind. Should it come off? But it is it is exciting times, guys. It's 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 really. Uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a really really interesting one for us to see. Um, he has, uh, as I say, he. Yeah, it's it, it's it's one that we're going to keep, take a look at. There's a lot of information out there on Pepe Matasar. Um, it's a lot of written information, a lot of written scouting reports. Some people see him as a winger in time to come. 
I'm not fully there. I don't see it. I think he's got good feet. I just don't know why you wouldn't want to have his combative uh, ability in the middle of the field. Uh, his own manager at the moment, Perrin, Olivier Perrin, has said that he's most likely going to be on the move. He's played in central midfield and defensive midfield. From what I've seen of him, I don't see him playing anywhere outside of the center of midfield. And I think if you were to play him left or right, that you would be a small bit insane, to be honest with you, because he is not... Um, he, he's not, he's, he's, he, you would be wasting his talents, should I say. And his talents are varied. He comes from a footballing family. His father was an international goalkeeper and his, co his uncle was a football coach as well. And, you know, I would imagine that it was always in, in the tea leaves for him to make his, um, uh to to make his his way into professional football so much so that i think i remember reading as well that manchester city were after him when he was aged just nine as well but uh he he turned down their overtures as well um so look as i say it is a very exciting time for aston villa football transfer wise um i don't really have much more to, to chat about this i know a lot of people have been asking questions about who this guy is who pepe matasar is well hopefully this has given you a better insight into him hopefully this statistical analysis has shown you what i think that this player will offer us should he come into the team um and you know hopefully we see him sign because from all for all intents and purposes he seems to be a guy whose star is very very much so on the rise so thanks very much as always everybody for listening really really appreciate everything you do for the podcast you can follow me at at love mcgrath pod please give us a subscribe on youtube please like our podcast as well and listen to the audio version we will be doing bits and pieces between the two over the course of this off season i hope and i plan to come with at least two to three podcasts uh, every week this off season highlighting players as and when we are linked because this is my favorite time of the year and uh you know i just absolutely love putting these together so thanks ever so much to everybody for all the kind words that we've received in the last couple of days uh hopefully we we see some action and villa get their business done early within this transfer market in the form of signing pape matter should this be the person that they have earmarked for the role i will definitely give it a thumbs up um Let's hope that some news comes out soon. Let's hope that there's something concrete. Let's hope that Aston Villa continue their great work after signing Emi Buendia. We will be back with more podcasts over the course of the next few days. And until then, all that's left to say is up the Villa. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.